Jared Rebecca was out of his depth. He should have stuck with tax law. Yeah. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJK Bayer. Let's get the neighbors. Hello, this is Neighbors. We are the Neighbours Recap Podcast, doing deep dives into episodes of the Aussie soap opera Neighbours, the episodes that we've just seen in Australia, because that's where we are, in Melbourne's PirateNet Studios. Well, I am anyway. I'm Vaya. I am a writer and I can never suspend disbelief. I will be dialing in to Kate and CJ, our regular co-hosts, via Grayson Global Communications. Bit of Neighbours Council business, though. The business, again. Ah, there's not a whole lot of business because there's not a whole lot going on, really, in isolation life. But I am only a few weeks away from having a baby. That's a bit strange to say because that doesn't feel real. So we're going to keep doing the podcast until I physically can't. And then we'll be airing some bonus episodes to give me a breather if I need one. And I might not. I might just want to talk about neighbours as a distraction, which seems to work out well to distract me from pandemic life. So just, you know, keep an eye on us on socials, Neighbours Pod on Twitter and uh, Facebook, because that's where I'll do little update bursts, I guess. I think that's all. Oh, massive shout out again to another great quiz that Alison put together in our Facebook group, Neighbours Council. Everyone's doing a lot of work on these and I hope you're all enjoying it. And I don't even have to do anything, which is amazing. But the neighbours community benefits. It's perfect. Okay, well, I'm 10 minutes late from when I said I would dial in the gals. So let's talk to them before we close off the business. Final bit of business is that I have to return a happy birthday shout out for Lily, who gave a shout out to her sister, Abby. Remember Dr. Abby, the, the doctor? The hero. Yeah. Oh, and welcome, CJ. Hello. Hello. Sorry. Interrupted. (laughs) (laughs) Kate, hello. Hi there, everybody. Remember Dr. Abby, who we did a birthday shout out for? Her sister, Lily, is also having a birthday. So Abby's like, can we shout her out? Of course we can. But firstly, Abby wanted to point out that she is a GP, which is how Carl started and personally, I think he belongs better as a, as a GP. I wish he had his little clinic. I mean, he's very general, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's purist. I think you can be a GP at a hospital, right? Yes, you can. And I kind of wish one of them would be him or Dr. Naka so that the people can do their general day-to-day checkups and mental health plans with one of them. And then whoever's wheeled into emergency can be with the other. Yeah. I mean, it gives you both options. When you need to get work on your head for one reason, you've got some means. And if you need to get a drilling, you've got another option. And Carl is Dr. Abby's hero. So he might have even influenced her getting into medicine. (laughs) Let's go with that story regardless. (laughs) And Lily's birthday is on the 7th of May coming up. And she's in lockdown with her boyfriend, Pete, who also loves neighbours, and they're separated for the rest of the family. So big hello to all of them and happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. I'm loving the love songs and dedication situation we have going on every episode. Yeah. Me too. Who's going to put on the Richard Mercer voice then? (laughs) Oh, yeah. For for international friends, we had this 
announcer called the the love god, Richard Mercer. He's kind of like Barry White, like levels of um, base. But white Barry White. Yeah. <laughs> like, hi, Catherine, you've got someone. And it was always shout outs to prisons. It was like, Catherine, uh, she wants to say a big hi to Hamish. He's not home for a while. <laughs> Here's Casey and Jojo. Well, how very apt. This week, we've had a lot of prison time. Mm. This week, okay, business over, except for if you do want to email us, neighbourspod at gmail.com for your shout-outs and love songs. This is business. It's not personal. I, oh man, this week, okay, neighbours-wise this week, stressed me out of my nana. I could not handle it. Is Am I normal? It was a depressing week for neighbours, to be honest. I just binged the whole week today and the first four days I was like, oh man, this doesn't make me want to tune in for the next episode. I feel a bit better now because I thought something was wrong with me. I mean, something is wrong with me. It's eight months of pregnancy hormones, but (laughs) I thought I I was losing it because I could not physically watch it. I was just swearing at the TV, yelling insults at Claudia and not coping. CJ, how'd you go? Um, Look, I found it pretty sad, but... I also just found it really unrealistic and I just, you know what, that was actually a coping mechanism to watch it. I was like, well, it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen, (laughs) you know. So because I just, uh, someone brought up on the council, why wouldn't Ali have just asked for the baby back instead of it going through this whole situation? Yeah, so she she sent the baby Asta back to live with her family, the Kennedys, and then immediately Claudia gains guardianship of the child why couldn't Ellie just pop her hand up and go, excuse me, hi, um, please give me my baby back. I've changed my mind. Is it like no takes backsies rules? I mean, the prison wouldn't have a revolving door on it. I think, you know, like um, we talked about last week, it's a pretty difficult thing to get a baby to come in to actually live with you in prison. And I think once you've gone, no, nah, no, nah, it's too unsafe here, then what are you going to say? Oh, no, suddenly it's safe again, even though the circumstances haven't changed at all. At the very least, she could have tried to get a private room again. Well, that was the only conclusion I could come to, that even if she is allowed to invite the baby back, which I think she probably could, but it would be a lot of work, she'd have no case. So Claudia is saying the baby's not safe here. Ali's already said that, as Kate just pointed out. So it wouldn't really hold up in court if she's like, oh, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's a very traumatic situation, but it keeps coming. I keep coming back to when you are in prison, you, your rights are taken away from you. Mm. So that's the thing. Like Ali's rights are taken away from her. We should get our legal eagle Beck, Beck Dahl to weigh in. Obviously she's a family law expert. She's a family lawyer and we've heard her very uh, clear opinions and facts about (laughs) what it's like to work in family law and how unlikely it would be that a distant grandparent could come in and have access to a child that's never lived with her. So, hey, Beck, how did you find the hearing episode? Hi, guys. Legal Legal Beck here. Wow, what a dark day for the law. What a dark day for poor old baby Asta. Um, Oh, God, I don't even know where to start. Um, Reflecting on, I guess, Claudia in the week, I, spoiler alert, you can't just get a hearing the day that you decide you want one. Uh, Spoiler alert, judges don't just sit around in a random boardroom table and uh, make a decision. Uh, Spoiler alert, not really spoiler alert, just a word of advice. Um, If you're 
local lawyer had just put your niece into jail when apparently that was the last thing that was going to happen, why would he be the person you would call for your custody hearing? Why, why, why doesn't Ellie just take Asta back? Because quite frankly, being in jail with crazy Andrew and crazy Patrice would be better than being with Claudia. Uh, If I was to suspend my disbelief and accept that that's the way it would have happened, uh, why would Claudia's parenting not have been called into question? Because quite frankly, there's some bloody questions. Uh, Look, Guys, what a what a sad state of affairs. I'm outraged. So outraged it just occurred to me. I used the word phrase custody hearing a minute ago. So uh, that's an example of where I'm at. Look, stay safe, stay well, and uh, stay away from toadfish if you've got a legal problem. Thanks. So Claudia starts off the week by stirring the pot with um, between Carl and Susan by mentioning Susan's collapse last week in front of Paul. And Carl's all like, uh-oh, there's more lies in this relationship going on. And, like, kind of weirdly, she wants to buy Bum Island. Claudia, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and set up what I can only call Bummy Club, summer camp on the island for disadvantaged youth. <laughs> oh, man. You want to make sure your search engine optimizations in order <laughs> if you go for that name. Imagine being a disadvantaged youth and suddenly you're sent off to, like, bloody the Lord of the Flies torture island. I mean, they would love it, but it would be a disaster. I, I don't get it with the selling of Bum Island. Like, Pierce even forgot he owned that island for a long time. Like, why is it? So, why is he suddenly so keen to offload it? Just leave it dormant for a while, guys. Let the vegetation grow back. Couldn't they just send it up as, like, a nature preserve or something? Beautiful. Wouldn't that be like the, the Pierce Grayson duck sanctuary or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I reckon the insurance to own it's gone up because of the fire. Okay. Uh, fires happen, though. There wasn't any actual buildings on the island, aside from old Watson, Maine. <laughs> but it was a psychopath with one can of petrol that did all that damage, too. Yeah, I don't know if that, they're covered for that. Who knows? Yeah. So, yeah, Claudia's created a rift between Carl and Susan, which they're due, to be honest. Susan is, like, massively distracted, and she, Mackenzie's still trying to hassle her for attention, and um, she, she cracks it with Mackenzie in the middle of Lassiter's. The careers counsellor, that's who you should speak oh, to. Well, this is important, I really want to discuss it with you in person. I said, Mackenzie, not now. Do you think you're the only one with problems? There are bigger things going on than subject courses and ATARs. Just stop being so damn selfish! Claudia sees this and uh, notes it all down. That was rough, but also Mackenzie, make an appointment. She's the principal. She's she's not your year seven form group teacher. She's a busy lady. And I know she's only a kid still, but you think she would have actually, why hasn't she discussed with her guardian, you know, having the gender affirmation surgery, or if not her guardian, her aunt, um, the, the people she lives with, you know, come up with some strategies before going and bothering poor old Suze, who has like a million and one things on her mind. I mean, it's it's a sensitive topic and I could see why she'd be keen to have it done ASAP. But, yeah. But also, it's almost May. Like, Year 12, I know Year 12 this year is going till December, but most of the time <laughs> it's done by the end of October. Yeah. Using that against Susan is what is kind of the straw that breaks the camel's back. Yes, and that's what then Claudia lodges an interim parenting order for Asta. Which... I could not believe. How inappropriate is it to lodge an interim parenting order, if that's a thing, I'm not sure, if Susan is just bad at her job, which she still has? And also using her disability against her, like flinging her MS into the mix. Totally ridiculous. Especially when her lawyer, Samantha Fitzgerald, has struggled with bipolar and faced similar prejudices. So it was gross. My God, she's a nasty piece of work. Sam? 
Yeah. The, both of them. I mean, obviously, the minute we have a male villain, it's got to be explained away that he's got mummy issues. There, That's why he's evil. So now we have the villainess. But now she's got a villainess sidekick too. It's it's ridiculous. Oh, it just it did make me mad this whole thing. Like one that this okay, this custody hearing happened the afternoon of the Mackenzie incident, giving them kind of no time to prepare for it. And I would have thought having an emergency meeting like that would be because of, you know, like some injury or abuse to the child, but yeah. No, like Asta seems like perfectly content where she is. And it seemed to be that Claudia had had a sudden burst of anger, like oh, I've seen you yell at your student, therefore I want the baby, therefore the hearing's happening today, therefore let's go. Whoa, all your ducks waddled into a row pretty quick sticks there. Susan's a school principal. She is allowed to discipline children, isn't she? Yeah, even if she's a bitch about it. That's her prerogative. Yeah. Well, yeah. She didn't hit her. But if only Carl and Susan had had a decent lawyer, yeah. they probably wouldn't have lost custody of Asta. Well, here's the clanger, Toadfish Rebecca. He is phoning it in like nobody's business. And it, he was just flummoxed by all of Sam's arguments. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time I feel like... Neighbours is not in on the joke that Toadie is ridiculous, but this week I feel like they really are. Ali had a go at one point. Yeah, well, I mean, who can blame her? She is in prison and her lawyer had no idea that was going to happen. <laughs> and next day her kid's not with her family. No. Yeah, well, as, as Sam herself said, Jared or Becky was out of his depth. He should have stuck with tax law. Zing. Yes, thank you, Sam. <laughs> that was the high point of the week, really, to be honest. And the, the fact that we only see Toadie in his office to basically be on a date in there. The funniest thing for me was when Toadie and Dee were in the office together and he's doing his voice memo. And I was like, this is just like in the castle when Dennis DeNuto is like dictating into like a dictaphone. <laughs> and then he sticks his earphones in and turns around and starts tapping it out in an electric typewriter. <laughs> yeah, Toadie's a hot mess. What also gets me about this situation is that their arguments were, oh, well, Susan's got a full-time job. B's got a full-time job. Carl's hours are flexible. Um, But they're three people who can divvy up the share of the child between the three of them. Claudia's, I don't know, in her 60s, and she's expecting to be able to look after a baby 100% of the time by herself. That is a hard job. Also, one or more of them could apply for carer's leave. Yes. And B is an apprentice mechanic. Like, she could defer the apprenticeship. Oh, yeah. And just be home for a while till they work out what they need. Dr. Carl's probably up for long service leave. And Jared offered none of these solutions. Oh, that was exactly it. Like... Carl is definitely at, he's been at that hospital long enough that he could either be saying, I need to work only nights or I'm just taking a long time off. Obviously, Susan's in, you know, an awkward situation at the school and maybe it would be best that she focused on a bit of that right now. But the other two have got more than enough options. And also, Claudia brings up that she can pay for care, whereas they can't. They totally can. What about Carl's cousin, sister, Magna? She could pay for a nanny. <laughs> Yeah. Since when have doctors and school principals been on the bread line? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. They wouldn't have a mortgage, that couple. They can afford to go to London at the drop of a hat. And what, they can't afford childcare? This is bizarre. And once B's a fully qualified mechanic, she'll be raking it in too. Yeah. yeah. No, it's ridiculous because if Toadie had half a brain, 
he could have said, B, um, we're going to lose custody of um, Asta here. Can you please quit your job for the next two years or say you will for the next two years? Yeah. And we will cover all your rent and food as we have been. Exactly. And you can take private mechanic lessons on Skillshare or something. I, I think B would have said, yes, I'll do that to keep my niece with me. Yeah. Yeah, she loves – I love B with Asta. They've got such a sweet little – Relationship. And she could still sing at the waterhole at night. Perfect. Perfect. She could be like Shayna Blaze. And she could air task her be a mechanic, you know? Yeah. Just on on weekends. Oh, it's a freaking nightmare. And it frustrated. I think Toadie's incompetence frustrated me more than Claudia being a fucking bitch. You know what actually gets me as well? Another dark day for the Erinsborough Justice System. The interim custody order is for twelve months. Which is ridiculous. As, as Ellie said, like, I could be out soon on appeal. Couldn't everyone cool everybody's jets? I mean, I think everyone should be honest with themselves that Toadie's managing that appeal, so it's not going <laughs> to happen. Get Imogen Willis to rage, make yourself useful, get Emmy back down here, mm. get her onto the appeal. Oh, no, just get Chloe and Pierce to pay for a decent freaking lawyer. Not old taxman Toad. But we need to have someone that is in the neighbour's alum. Otherwise, it'll be just some blow-in, some theatre performer that needs work. <laughs> you know what else I really like for B? I've got to be honest, though. I didn't think of this before, but I think she could quit the mechanic thing just for now, as we said, and get shifts as a lawnmower returner at the handy um, man or woman, <laughs> whatever that place is called now. She'd be a great fit in the handy woman. I think it's time for a career change for some of these characters. Lou had a different career every few months. Like, I don't see why Toadie needs to keep belabouring this lawyer situation. I think he's had his run. I think he can run the Sonia Rebecca Foundation full time with buddy club shenanigans. And Susan is, well, she's, we need to put her out of her misery at that school I don't – is she that – who's that excited? Oh, this whole week I've been shouting at the TV, retire, Susan. Do you know when she's her happiest? When? When she's being a celebrant. Yeah. She loves doing that work. She puts her heart and soul into it and there's a wedding every few weeks. Yeah. But she's at a legitimate retirement age. Just do it. Do it for the sake of your bloody great niece. Well, there's no going back now, not for 12 months anyway. <sighs> but we know why Toadie's mind's not on the job this time though, Kate. Oh, well, he's thinking of another part of his anatomy, isn't he, really? Um, so, Dee's back in town. So, we're, we're hearing more about Dee's life, which is nice. Um, Dee's been catching up with Steph, and apparently Steph's boys are giving her a run for her money. I reckon that's where she's staying. I think Dee's put herself up at the Motona Centre, courtesy of Steph, mates rates. Because hmm. obviously there's no room at the Rebecca Inn. And um, she's decided to do like what must be another one of her daily visits, out to visit Andrea at Goodwood. Oh, you said before that that prison doesn't have a revolving door. It clearly does. <laughs> but for adults only. Yeah. Again, Andrea is pumping D for information about her life and then wants a photo of Hugo. And I've got a Kate-Stradamus moment right here for you. Oh, okay, go. Because I also noticed that during the week, Andrea is starting to do her hair like D's. <gasps> and I think what is going to happen is that there will be a riot and Andrea will return to her cell and then she will claim to be D. She'll claim to be D. Yep, and she'll say, I'm D, and that Andrea <gasps> escaped during the riot. No. <laughs> I love that. But then there was also some clues this week about, you know, how like D went fishing with Toadie. 
where they were crapping on about Mulloway and that. And I think it'll be these little details from this week that will trip her up mm. that um, Andrea won't be able to know any details about, you know, like the Mulloway. Genius. Because someone, someone on Twitter, I'm sorry, I've forgotten who it was, possibly Olivia, thinks they are going to pull the old switcheroo, but her theory was that Andrea would just use it as, as a means to escape. But your theory, Kate, is that she'll just pretend and then get herself ousted. I think it's the most plausible thing, to be honest, because it – I'm sure it'd be very difficult to actually escape from prison. When I, because I hadn't noticed that Andrea was doing her hair the same as Dee, but every time I look at Dee, I think, gosh, she's doing such a good job playing two characters. And then I see her beautiful teeth, and I'm like, but they've both got those in common. You know, it's the one thing she can't hide because they're so stunning. Yeah, there's no way Andrea had good teeth. No, or the money to fix them if she didn't, you know? So in the prison, we have these in really emotional scenes. Ellie is obviously distraught. And who's there to comfort her is her Sally, Andrea, and they're having all these like deep cuddles and hair stroking and lots of intimate connections. But then also Andrea's kind of turning on Ellie like, excuse me, I'm top dog and you need to stick up for me. Oh, yeah, that moment with the mouthy, um, mouthy inmate who I think was called Elise maybe. Yeah, well, there was Patrice, Elise and Daisy. I clocked them all. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't have thought Daisy would be in prison, but there you go. <laughs> But yeah, Ellie didn't actually back her up then when um, Andrea's making all these wild claims about how she's going to see Hugo and how she'll get back together with Toadie and blah, blah, blah. And Ellie's just like, okay. And then like later on, Andrea was like, I shouldn't have to ask you to back me up. (laughs) Oh, it was chilling. Yeah, but like Ellie's a goddamn idiot. Of course you back up the nutter you, you live with. But also, Andrea, just give her a day. Like, she's going through so many stages of grief right now. Yeah. She's had her baby yanked away from her. I, I just don't get How is it in Asta's best interest to go from seeing her mother, you know, once a day to, like, seeing her once a week? The whole justice system in Erinsborough is an absolute sham. It's so sad. It's really sad. I'll do a bit of a Vastradamus, which doesn't really count because we already know that there's leaks that Aaron and David are going to foster a child and it's been planted. But if they can get their ducks in a row, then I reckon something will happen and Asta will be placed into the foster system and then placed with Darren and then everyone will be happy. Oh, man. Bloody Darren, right? So Claudia's wanting Aaron to run the like fitness program on Bum Island for the, the for the disadvantaged youths. And it's like It'd be um Glutes Island. <laughs> but Paul just signed over the whole business to Aaron this week. Like surely he's got a bit more work down at the shed. How can he go from, you know, like owning a whole business to also having a part-time role on Bum Island? He's making energy laps again. No, he is. He's truly b- b- drab willis, isn't he? Train for a marathon, <laughs> clients. I'm busy. Did you guys watch the new Underbelly? Because I feel like Sam is a little bit like Informer 3838. Oh, no. Blonde, total shonk of a defence lawyer going on. And, you know, she does doesn't have her own office in that law firm. She's always in that boardroom. I think she's totally George Costanza in that whole job. She just walks in and says, hello, I'm a lawyer and I work here. But save me a seat in the boardroom. Do you get the idea that she's a bitch though? I mean, I, I didn't watch Neighbours the last time she was on. But also, if I needed a family lawyer, I would be more than happy to hire the uber bitch. Yeah. Over Toadie. Mm. 100%. Under the bumbling idiot. Oh, my God. It's just... You know, sometimes when there's American movies or serial 
um, about when a lawyer just does the person wrong and so they have cause for appeal. Yeah. I, that, that needs to be Ali's cause for appeal. Her lawyer was an idiot. Yes. But the thing is, I don't mind when people go to jail because of his ineptness. Like, I wasn't that bothered by Ellie actually going to jail. But this is a baby who's getting punished because he's shit. Yeah. yeah. It's, I just get, I get frustrated because it takes me out of the story. Like, part of my stress this week was not because of the plot. I mean, it was largely because of the plot, but it was a lot to do with the fact that the dots weren't connecting. Like, this is not legal, logistical sense. Surely the mediator should have just said, okay, this look, Claudia, thanks for employing me and giving me some work in these troubled times. But look, this really isn't an emergency situation. So what I'll do is I'll give you three weeks to prepare and you three weeks to prepare Mm. and we'll deal with it then. Great. It is inappropriate that that happened this afternoon because we can't really blame Toadie for not preparing for the case. He wasn't given any time to prepare, I guess. Lucky he wasn't out fishing with Dee. Yeah. The baby was healthy and comfortable. Why uproot her to live in, P.S., welcome back, the penthouse suite at Lassiter's? Which is not a baby-friendly place, is it? Like all the, like, did Claudia bring her own decanter? (laughs) There was one we'd, like, I assume, I don't know, wine, port or something. Well, we know Therese loves to decant, so I reckon that just comes free with the room. And did you notice that um, hotel services are included in the penthouse lease? Sure did. I wonder what that encompasses. How do they make any money out of this? Well, Therese must be thrilled that she's making money out of it now because that that was taken up by Paul for all that time. Now they can rent it out. Yeah, and they're going to lose all the lower rooms to quarantine soon, so you might as well have someone up there. Mm. I wonder if they actually split it back into two apartments. Oh, that's right, because Leo and old mate had it. Oh, and when Coos dropped off Aster on all her things and they gave um, Claudia the pram, I'd be like, nah, stick it, bitch. We're having this baby one day a week or whenever and we'll be using her own pram for that. That is a great point. Go down to baby bunting, get your own shit. Yeah. And back at home when Suze was packing up Aster's things and giving them a good whiff, I'm like you know what you should be doing with those, Susan? Sending them off to her mother to comfort her mother. Jesus. Don't co-opt your bloody great niece here. Um, It's Ellie's missing her baby. It's brutal. So, Kate, you mentioned that Toadie was fishing with Dee. Mm. Dee is obviously back in town. She's come back to visit Andrea um, and just be part of the street now. She's part of the street now. (laughs) So they go fishing, which is is foreplay for a toad fish, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Spawning. Mm, Yeah, they're just creating that algae (laughs) on the top of the... Just hanging on to the rod. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Take the bait. (laughs) Um. They get home and they've made some ridiculous flirty bet that whoever gets the – I can't even go into it. It's so convoluted and fishing related. But one of them has to make the other one lunch and then they're going to make dessert. Luckily, it's the person that doesn't have to go to the prison so they could divvy up their tasks. (sighs) I don't blame him for work-life balance, but like people's lives are on the line, Toadie. So while they're making lunch, Toadie and Dee kiss. Firstly, you glossed over the ruby chocolate, which intrigued me. Oh, yeah. What is that, pink chocolate? It was a pink mousse. No, it was ruby chocolate. So it started with like a block of chocolate that he was. they were grinding up to make mousse, but it was like a pink block of dairy milk. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was the ruby chocolate, the new type of chocolate they only discovered last year or the year before. I kind of wish it was caramel. <laughs> yeah. 
Because <laughs> it looked like a big old bowl of slop at the end with a bit of grated chocolate on top. Yeah. It was also the largest serve of mousse I've ever seen for two people. <laughs> like it was a fish bowl. <laughs> the thing is when they were like started – tasting the stuff I had had my head down and I didn't realize they were tasting chocolate I thought they were just like tearing off chunks of the cooked fish and going oh my god this is amazing and then they're all like well they're kissing each other and I'm like oh my god that's disgusting (laughs) that is disgusting it's an aphrodisiac didn't you know baked fish Um, but when, when she was throwing chocolate playfully into his mouth, there were big blocks. There were big square blocks. I'm like, choking hazard. Oh, you're going to chip a tooth? We don't have a dentist on the street. This is going to be a nightmare. Ruby chocolate is expensive too. That's There's going to be a bit under the dining table somewhere. Oh, that dog's going to get it. What's that dog's name again? Oh, my God. I forgot the dog was still there. Clancy. You know what? Clancy's out there being the nanny to the two missing children that we haven't seen in like three months. <laughs> like Nana from Peter Pan. But that brings them together in a in a smooching way. When they were talking about the cooking, when Dee goes, oh, I don't want any MasterChef shenanigans. Cross promotion. I know. I was like, ding, ding. A good promotion would have been if she'd said, I do want MasterChef shenanigans, please. Dee really leans into the Bogan, and I mean, like, not Andrea Bogan, but, like, the yesteryear Toadie stuff. Oh, yeah. Like that. And that's the kind of thing yesteryear Toadie would have said. You're right. Oh, don't want any MasterChef stuff, you know? I do love it that she's up for doing a bit of, you know, like, cheap entertainment, like going fishing and that. And she's not about the woo, you know, the Byron Bay kind of, like, meditation and candles. Yeah, she's still, yeah, in touch with her Bogan Tassie youth. Yeah, and she's she's very down to earth, salt of the earth. So immediately after the kiss, they talk it out. They unpack that situation. Nothing sexier <laughs> Nothing. than unpacking it. But they're both as keen on it as each other. And the next day, Toadie has to go to work because he's got people in prison. I don't even. I don't even think it's the next day. It's the longest twenty four hours of our lives. It's like start with fishing, go to prison, bake a fish, make the ruby chocolate pash, then pop in at the law office, then pop in at the waterhole. That's true. And Toadie's having this joyous time with Dee while there's absolute trauma happening in the Kennedy family, <laughs> <laughs> and. They're just doing some filing and he's doing some memos on his phone. They have a nice chat and decide that they're going to pursue this relationship and Dee is going to move here and do some shifts at Erinsborough Hospital. Wait, what? Did you make that last bit up? No. No, it's true. Yeah. I miss that. She's going to move here. Yes. I don't believe it. Nah. We're left to find out. We don't know whether she's going to stay for a long time or just she's pausing in the street for a couple of months. Who knows? We don't know. Can I just say that this is... A rare bright day for Erinsborough Hospital that we have Nurse Bliss back. Yeah, true. She's quite out of practice though, isn't she? She didn't do a whole lot of nursing in the time when she was on the run. Well, look, it's par for the course that Erinsborough Hospital will have had someone whose qualifications aren't in date. I just I just don't want this for Toad right now. What? It's been a year, Vaya. Come on, we've got to move on. No, it's not, it's not about Sonia. I think because he's like, Sonia would be happy for me. I'm like, Sonia would want you to get on Tinder and get some dud roots up your sleeve and get back into the groove. You're suggesting Sonia would like him to have some fresh meat? Yes. Hmm. If I were a vegetarian, it's a big move. I don't think so. I think she'd be like, find a caring person to bring into my children's life. But this is someone whose twin sister he had a baby with. It's weird. But that's only because he thought he was her. (laughs) 
He was sexually assaulted, Vaya. Yeah, but it's that's even worse. That's even more complicated. It's I can't separate it. Nah, Sonia's on so many things up there. You've got to be a true D-lever. That's why, Vaya. Oh, here we go. I'm zapped of my D-energy. <laughs> You're deactivated, Vaya. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am. Because I'm someone also who got back together with my ex from seven years before. So I should be, this should be bringing back nostalgia. But I'm just like... 10 years into a relationship, like, you know, you don't want to go back and have reheat the leftovers. You want to see what else is on the MasterChef menu. Oh, excuse me. D ain't leftovers, mate. And apparently D's always had the horn for him, whereas he's only been having the horn for her in the last week. Yeah, because at least she knew he was still alive. True. If they do what Kate Kate's drama says, I, I think that's so excellent. And I can't wait to see that. Well, I think that would put a spanner in the works to her moving here. If there were some switcheroo. Well, the main storylines I could stomach this week in terms of low anxiety brought me infinite joy. They all happened on Friday. Uh, the main one that brought me joy was uh, Lassiter's is going to have a soft launch of its new rooftop pool, guys. I don't think you can add pools to existing buildings like that. <laughs> This is going to be another, like, it's going to fall over again. Like, when, what, was, what was it called? What was the big promo name for when Josh got squashed? Oh, Hotel Death Trap. That's, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's going to be Hotel Pool Death Trap. Because Kate's watched a lot of seasons of The Block. She knows when you can put pools in and when you can't. You basically have to have the rest of the building down to a skeleton so you can put extra support up. Well, Tarage's apparently been had this cooking away for ages and it's now ready just as winter's about to hit, but this is not going to slow them down. That's why it's going to be a soft launch. And for some ungodly reason, Tarage Willis, I back a lot of her decisions, but what are you doing hiring your ex-stepson, Ned Willis, who his heart's not in the hotel caper, let's be honest, he's an artist, and he has recently been flagging at work, so she thought, well, I'll just promote you then. That'll keep you happy. You'll go from porter to front of house, which I thought he already did a bit of front of house, but whatever. But when she was chatting to him, I was like, he's drab. Yeah. That's all he is. He doesn't have any goals or career aspirations and he's lazy. That's who he is. Just leave him to be the porter. He's only wanting a promotion because Shane um, is hanging shit on him. Yeah. Just now that Shane's going to be a qualified engineer, whatever, Shane, stop being snobby. Remember your roots. Shane also works for Lassiter's. He's the bloody barkeep there. I don't think you should really be throwing stones there, Shane. But Shane this week had one of my best lines as well when um, he pulled another castle reference out when he said that Ned needs to put his employee of the month certificate straight into the pool room. Yeah, he he really is a classic castle watcher, that character. Yeah, he'd watch it every year. And I just reminded, he's so annoyed that Ned is, you know, skates by the law, but he's been in prison. Yeah. Like we talked about that last week. Can't, like he needs to calm down with his judginess. He really does. So Tarage puts Ned in charge of this event and Ned says he hasn't run an event since the grade six disco, which is precious. Why not get Chloe to do it? That's what she does. She was born for that task. Yeah. And I, it would be a rager and a great time. CJ, I need your take on Paul's marketing strategy for this soft launch. So Paul said my best line of the last six months of Neighbours <laughs> this week. Um, Paul wants to have an influencer party. He wants hotties 
in his suburban pool. <laughs> is that who's booking a hotel in the suburbs to use the rooftop pool? Actually, I think he is being quite smart because that's who goes to those kind of events. Like that's who says things like soft launch. Like families don't do that. Have you guys seen that freaking pool? It's not a family pool. They don't have children staying there. The pool itself doesn't look fun. There's no like water play areas. It's a pool for adults. Paul was right bang on the money with saying it should be the influencers there. And also what they do is they post on Instagram, etc. TikTok, which I started my own TikTok today. Anyway. Amazing. They post the photo that are free advertising. That's what they do. And their followers are following them because they're aspirational. Yeah. And their parents can go stay at Lasseter's. Yeah, because their followers aren't going to go, well, I'm, I can't stay in a boutique hotel in South Yarra. I'm going to have to stay at, oh, you know what? I can afford to go to this crappy looking hotel out in Erinsborough, though. I can sit in the pool where Shmofi Shmaisha did. And speaking of Shmofi Shmaisha, I have a influencer that lives in my area. She goes for coffee at a place that's here. And I drove past that today and... Fair enough, we're social distancing, but that was 18 people deep in a queue for suburban coffee. So that's exactly what Paul wants. But anyway, so Paul Haldrick said, oh, you can't. That is ridiculous. Why would you ever market to people who are beautiful? And he says, well, you can do that. It's called marketing. Ned, this is supposed to be a sexy event filled with hot young people, not swarming with parents and their noisy children. We are in the burbs. But we want to attract millennials with disposable incomes and they like to go where the beautiful people are. So how about inviting them, eh? You can't organise a party based on how people look. If you work in marketing, you most certainly can. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> that is what we do. <laughs> That's the career path that I want to see Harlow go, go down now into marketing. Yeah. Because she's given psychology the flick because uh, she's seen the worst of it. But also, like, it wasn't the best reason she had for doing it. She's like, oh, I want to do it because my dad's a psycho. Yeah. I've got some family history of psycho, so I <laughs> should do psychology. But um, most people who are in marketing have done psychology as a ma- minor or um, even their bachelor degree. So it is super common. The understanding the human psyche and motivations. Yeah. So you can misuse it and make money. Yeah. That's what marketing is. I mean, I work in good marketing made out of hearts of gold marketing and I still had two meetings this week about influencers. So <laughs> there you go, Haldrix. <laughs> and obviously Pierce wants it to be family friendly, which is makes absolutely no sense. Pierce would be the one going, get the hotties in. Paul would be the one going, we want families. It was it was weird. But also Ned was didn't know which master to follow. And Tarage sensibly said, pull your head in and make a decision. I've put you in charge of this. Just do whatever you want. Get the grade six disco happening. You know what he needs to do? He needs to call Aaron up and give Aaron a fourth job, which is <laughs> organising this event. That's who should be doing it. Anyway, it's next week. Soft launch is next week. I'm pumped. I'm there. Where's my invite? And I think today in this episode, we've said soft launch the amount of times that were said on Neighbours in about three <laughs> minutes. So good for us. Just briefly, Gazcan the Pigeon update. He's um, apparently been dropping some heavy duty cargo on Sheila's outdoor furniture. Yeah, because he's eating vegan raw biscuits. So that'll do that. Oh, my God. I'm, I don't know. I'm disturbed by Sh- Sheila's grief journey lately, but... <laughs> 
But Roxy's Roxy's with you, Vaya, on that. She's yeah. the only one. You know, she's like, stop it, Coil. You're enabling her. Mm. It's true. Like, someone give her a reality check. Because old, old mate Marla, you know, grief group Gressica, um, <laughs> yeah, she's a sham. Yeah. Where's, where's Clive? Where is Clive comforting Sheila and all and this? And Clive could um, give her some medical support in why she thinks her son is a pigeon now. Yeah, I think he'd say, Sheila, darling. I'm going to introduce you to a trusted colleague of mine. I think you really should discuss all your feelings and, you know, loss. Perfect. (sighs) I'd like to do a a citizen and citizen. I mean, we always do. But Mm. I would like to award a citizen of the week. Came in right towards the end of the week. And it's to Mackenzie. I've forgotten her last name. But she and Susan make up very sweetly. Apologised for, you know, each annoying the other. And... Mackenzie went up to Susan because she got wind that Susan was really dropping her bundle. And she went up to the coffee date that Susan was having with Therese, which I loved. I used to hate them as friends. Now I love them. And Mackenzie drops a slip of paper to Susan. Susan opens it up and it's the phone number for Mackenzie's psychologist. (laughs) I was like, first of all, it's a power move. Secondly, amazing. Yes. She's like, bish, you have problems. Yeah. Psychiatric assistance, mental health care, for everyone. I just called up my GP over the phone and got my mental health plan renewed. Yeah, I'm all for it. What a move, Mackenzie. And Susan's like, I don't deserve help. And Tari just like, lady, you need help. It was pretty special. I'm going to have to go with Toadie. I can't, I can't. I know that Paul said those great things about marketing, but I have to give Shittison to Toadie for effing up case after case and leaving women in prison, babies in the arms of just like psychopaths. She's like a, you know, psychopath starter kit, that woman. <laughs> yeah, she's toxic. Never forget she wouldn't pay the ransom for one of her sons. And why wasn't that brought up? Like we can bring up Susan's MS and not that. No, they did. They did bring it up. They said the only reason he's a, he was nuts was because you didn't pay for his ransom. That, that was part of the, the hearing. Why didn't it stick then? And that's the thing. It was brought up, but but not well enough. No, you know what I mean? No, so, no. Toady. Look, I, look, I'd say it's a combo of both, and that's to Sam Fitzgerald. Purely for winning an unwinnable legal discussion and also for laying on a fully sick burn on the toad. And then popping the champagne afterwards. Oh, yeah, I love it. I think that was in the morning too when she had that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's in, well, it's the waterhole. Sheila's on leave. It's, there's, it's anarchy. Oh, I, I noticed another um, detail from the Herald's menu this week, and that's that they do a lemon and lavender tart, which sounds gross. I noticed that the acai bowl is gluten-free, but I don't know if the granola on the side is gluten-free. So, Dippy, if you could let me know, that'd be great. Um, well, that's us. We'll keep updating as long as we all can, mainly me. <laughs> we'll keep recapping. And it's great to hear that the Neighbours episodes are catching up to five episodes a week in the UK. Such good news. In a week's time. I don't know how they'll make up the three-week gap, but hopefully they do. Well, yeah. We need to be at the same place. But even though I think I respect how well everyone's taking it and they're being happy about it and just jumping back on board because I'm sure Neighbours has lost some viewers from this. And if, if I go on baby leave, then maybe it'll all sync up naturally when we resume. Yeah. They did it for you. Yeah, great. CJ, where can we chat marketing with you and attractive influencers? Um, CJ the Hot Mess Mum on Instagram and TikTok. Oh, you got it on TikTok, the yeah, username. I yes. did. I have posted three things. <laughs> Kate? I'm Remude on Twitter. Not on TikTok yet. 
<laughs> no. So you can check out if my username's available, CJ, because by, by this time I'm sure one of our listeners will have taken it by now. I'm Vaya Pashos on Twitter. We are Neighbours Pod. And just FYI, I tweet spoilers from the Vaya Pashos account, but I don't tweet Neighbours spoilers from the Neighbours Pod account. So you can mute Vaya, keep following Neighbours, and I won't spoil you if you're still behind on the apps. And, of course, Facebook group Neighbours Council every Friday night. Someone's putting on a quiz for your entertainment, so get amongst that. And we are neighbourspod.com, patreon.com slash neighbourspod. And we will have another yarn next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Be safe. I'm falling for love.